There he is. Hello, mate. Can you hear me all right? I can hear you. Hello, and welcome to the Hit in the Areas podcast with me, Jamie Roberts, and my co-host, Richard Kyson. Rich, how are you? Yeah, I'm okay, Jambo. You okay? Yeah, really good, really good. So today, we have got another episode featuring uh, someone from the women's game. Today, we're going to be speaking to Serie A player Millie Chandarana. Millie plays for San Marino Academy, um, which is a Serie A side uh, playing against the likes of Juventus, Fiorentina, and, and, and so on. So Millie is English. She, she started her career in England, um, and then she moved over to, to Italy as of two years ago. And now she's playing professional football in Serie A. It's such a good story. We couldn't wait to get her on. And um, yes, yeah, sounds really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, so should we get straight into it? Yeah, let's talk to Millie. Hello, Millie Chandarana. Hello. Thank you for having me. Not a problem. Um, my co-host, Big Rich, is here today. Hi, Millie. How you doing? Hello. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, Millie, thank you so much for coming on. Um, Rich, I heard, I think you're going to start us off, aren't you? Yeah. So, um, for those that don't know, Millie currently plays in the Serie A over in Italy um, for San Marino Academy. Uh, Millie, if you can just talk a bit about how you started in football uh, when you were a kid um, and the sort of clubs you started at, why you got into it. Yeah, sure. Um, so, I started with football when I was really young, I started around six, just playing in my garden, really, um, kicking a ball around. And I was in primary school at the time. Um, and I remember there were trials for the, for the team, the school team, the primary school team. But the whole team was boys. All of the team was, it was a boys team, basically. <laughs> so me and I think two of the girls trialed. And at that point, they said no to us. But the teacher was quite impressed. So he said, oh, there's a local girls team down the road. Um, why don't you go and try? So me and these other two girls, we went. And it was a good setup. It was for all ages, really. From I think we were the youngest age group at that point. I was seven or eight. Um, and it was called Curzon Ashton. And that's where I started. They did have a women's team at that point, And they were a big women's team, actually big women's team in England at that point uh, it was quite a few years ago now um, but that's where it started really and then I just kept progressing from there they're still quite a big big side aren't they uh because national they are uh, yeah rich yeah yeah she like men's non-league yeah so, men's yeah yeah so what age did it then go to the next level um into you know sort of real sort of serious um so I really started to get into the football with Curzon Ashton. That's where I still really started to enjoy it, uh, playing week in, week out. Then there was something called the Manchester Centre of Excellence. There was a few Centre of Excellences dotted around the country and it was set up by the FA at that point. Um, and it was like academies, but like within your area. So ours was the Manchester Centre of Excellence. And this was based actually at Curzon Ashton at the time. So it was perfect. So I went for trials there, transitioned into there when I was about nine, ten. Played for them for a year, I think. And then that academy, the Manchester FA, got taken over by Manchester United. The licence oh, wow. got tran transferred, yeah. 
So we all had to retrial at Manchester United. And then I moved there for two to three years. Oh, City oh, okay. girl at United. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew this was going to come up. <laughs> Did you wear your blue kit? Of course. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, 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 I wouldn't dare. <laughs> so what was that like in terms of, was there like a big gulf in the sort of facilities now it was run by Manchester United? Yeah, so Curzon Ashton had really good facilities for sure and I lived in that area there were great facilities but then moving to United we trained at the Cliff training ground which was the ex-United training ground Mm. so it was great it was perfect it was indoor I was 12 years old it was perfect (laughs) the dream (laughs) with the with the kit the Manchester Academy the kit was taken over by United as well so we were Manchester oh, United wow. and we we played against the top teams around the country Aston Villa we went to tournaments against Arsenal so it really stepped up at that point really became more academy like as such what was that like all the all the traveling was it tough um I guess it it was just how it was mm. I was a kid I, I loved it really to play against the big teams to go away each weekend to play a different team for my family to watch me it was great yeah it's amazing yeah yeah that's yeah especially at that age as well to sort of like you say go away from away from home and and play games was your family really supportive then really supportive all the way through Um, and even when I began football all of them would come to watch me because they're they're big supporters of football my dad was the one who um made me support City he he was the big influencer (laughs) however my granddad who I was really inspired by when I was younger he supported United so (laughs) it was a big uh, big big family rivalry yeah 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 yeah. no but they all together they were really supportive which was great any football background with with, with your family as well any anyone play at a a decent enough standard or anything yeah so my mum's side they played football when they were younger. My mum has three brothers, and I think all of the brothers played. I think okay. one of them actually played for the Manchester Boys Academy himself. Right. And also my granddad, he told me a few stories about when he used to play for the Manchester Boys Academy. And he had, like, he was having trials with the bigger teams, like United and this, that, yeah. the other. Um, yeah. He's told me a few stories like that, but you know, you know how stories, old stories go. <laughs> yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, oh, you also went to Man United at what age? About eleven, was it? Yeah, about yeah. How about long 11. were you there for? I was there for two to three years. Okay, and then, uh, and then what happened? And then I moved to Blackburn Rovers Academy. So Manchester United and Blackburn were kind of rivals. They were. Yeah. The biggest teams around obviously you've got Liverpool and Everton mm. but United and Blackburn were the closest to me and I switched um, to Blackburn any reason for that um just a couple of things really that happened okay. just the way just the way it went I guess yeah the next yeah. season I just wanted that change and I committed to that change and then it went from there I ended up playing for Blackburn for four years, plus a year in the first team, so before I left wow. for uni. Oh, okay. So, so you, 
you were there till you were probably 17, 18. Yeah, then you I went left. to uni. Yeah, I left when I was what did 18. You do at, what did you do at uni, if you don't mind me asking? I did sports science. Um, okay. Because I just felt like it was... Also, my dad was very supportive of football, but also he was very into the education side. He wanted yeah. me to get that education, the uni. Mm. And uh, yeah, so I went and I did sports science. Um, I was there four years and then... I'm guessing that you'd have played for the uni side? Yeah, yeah, definitely. We, in that, at that point, still now, we, play in, we played in the first division, um, yeah. the national division of the uni leagues. Oh, okay, yeah. Did, did you, I mean, from what I saw from the uni clips, is that you looked like a right back or a left back? Was, am <laughs> I, I was, right? In yeah. my final year, I was a right uh, back. All uh, right. Did you always, like, what was your main position growing up then? Because you're so, a centre mid now, aren't you? So you, you play centre mid for San Marino. I do. My main position for around 10 years was a centre back. All right, okay. Centre defender, yeah. So the whole career of United, Blackburn, I was always a centre defender. Okay. So moved to a sort of fullback role at the uni. And from what I can see, quite an attacking fullback. Yeah. You like to bomb on quite a bit from what I saw. Yeah, that was my role, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now obviously you moved into central midfield over in yeah. Italy. Um, what... So when you were at Loughborough, was there any other um, any other girls that, that came through and, and went on to play professionally or the elite side of women's game? Um, so, yeah, I played with a few girls in the uni team that now play in the championship. Um, oh, okay. I think one of them played in the WSL as well at that point. Um, so there was always that competition in the yeah, yeah, uni yeah. team. And obviously, we were very good friends in the uni team. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was a few few players that came from the championship. I know of one player that now plays in the WSL. I didn't know her at uni. However, she was older than me. Um, okay. So there are a few people. And also, I did play for another team called Loughborough Foxes, the women's right. team. Um, they were in the third league of women's football, so the national league. Got you. Okay. So... Also, as I competed for university, I also competed for Loughborough Foxes as well at the same time. And right, okay. One of the girls now actually plays professionally in Scotland. Um, she's okay. done really well. She's came through the ranks and she's done really well and she now plays in Scotland. So Foxes was a very good, it was very underrated as a team, but it was a great, the years I was there, it was a great stepping stone, a great team, really. We were very unknown and very underrated, but it was a great, yeah, great team when I was there. Yeah. Did you have when, any success? Sorry, Rich. Did you have any success with the, the, the uni? Did you, did you go on and win any, any sort of titles or did you, you know? We didn't win anything. However, no. in my final year, we got to the final of the Cup, of the British Cup, um, but we lost that final. But I think that was the right. furthest they've been in five years. Um, so it was great. It was a good achievement. Yeah, really good yeah. achievement. Playing against the top uni girls. I just wanted to say, um, so when you were growing up at Man United and then you went to Blackburn, you were you were playing centre-back. Who, 
who were you sort of trying to base your game on? Who were you who were you looking up to um trying to emulate or using as your as your sort of um idol? Idol, yeah, that's it. You know what? That's a very good question. And it's very difficult with me. Um because as you know now I play centre midfield. Yeah. I feel like as a centre back, I was very composed as a person I was very composed I think that that kind of trait is not often found with centre-backs I think I like to play with the ball at my feet yeah I like to do something different with the ball so I think in terms of role models there weren't really any central defender role models that that I was looking up to because I just had that different kind of way to play about me yeah. I think now, if I was to say now, I think players like Virgil van Dijk or the style of City, not to yeah. be biased, but their <laughs> kind of style. You're full yeah. playing centre-halves. Yeah. John Stones. Exactly, John Stones yeah. is probably a, a key example of, of someone exactly. that likes Because, you know, he likes to go on those runs. And it, and it kind of, when I was, you know, watching a couple of clips of yourself, you, you did make those runs into midfield and break lines. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah, so I can see some similarities there, yeah. So yeah. now... As a as a central midfielder you are now, do you play more defensive or are you more box to box or? It depends how we play. I think last year I played. I also played in Italy for a different team. I played as a. We played in a three, so I played as the right midfielder, the right attacking midfielder. Okay. So I played more attacking really. Um, we played with a four three one two formation most of the time, so I had to cover that whole space. I was more attacking, more dynamic. Now in this team we play as a four two three one. So if I play in the two, I have to be kind of more holding. I like to play in that number 10 role as well. I like okay. both roles. Um, it does so you're playing on in the a game. double pivot at the moment? At the moment, yeah. yeah. Mainly okay. at the minute. Guys, I just wanted to rewind a little bit. Um, just going back to the uni, Millie, um, when you finished, um, if you just sort of like just explain to the listeners what happened, where you went, were there options elsewhere or? Yeah, so um, during my time at uni, I had in my placement year, which was my third year out of the four years, I went to Dubai uh, to work for a year of work. Um, luckily, I got this job in Dubai. Someone, the I think it was from the uni, they sent out this uh, invitation to apply for an interview. Anyway, I ended up going um working as a fitness instructor similar to a fitness instructor and I started to play five a side out there so I left my teams both of the teams and I started working in Dubai but also playing five a side and there was no reason for me to go to play this five a side this seven a side in Dubai other than the fact I needed to because yeah. that's what I do like it's, it's hard <laughs> to lead the game Exactly, exactly. And I don't know if I should probably say this, but for example, <laughs> I would try to leave work a little five, ten minutes earlier sometimes <laughs> just, just to go and play in this five-a-side league, mm. just to go and play with a bunch of girls that love to play mm. from all over the world they were yeah. in Dubai, from all different levels, just to play with them. And obviously with the heat, with the rhythm of the game, the five-a-side, a lot of it was built around the way I play as well when I got to this team. 
I kind of helped the team to develop and we developed okay. together. So that increased my, that increased everything. It increased my fitness, my mentality, things like that. So when I arrived back to university for my final year, I kind of switched into that professional kind of mode again and mm. wanted to, I knew I wanted to make the jump to become professional after I left yeah. university. Um, and Sorry. No, nothing. I was just going to say, so from there, I decided to make the change and for myself, basically. Yeah. Did you, um, did it improve any of your skill sets? Like, I mean, obviously you, you, you've always been, you know, known for having some composure on the ball. Mm -hmm. Did it, did it help you in uh, small sided areas or, or, you know, tight, tight spaces? Did it improve any sort of, um, any skill sets for to sure to the pro game for sure five aside is great even in university I played futsal and I had, oh, okay, a, coach yeah. that, I had a coach that was within the England FA setup so he was great he was he had all the tactics and then when I went to Dubai sometimes I played with boys as well so they were quick even quicker even stronger mm. and yeah it just developed everything the 360 view whereas yeah. for example a centre-back has a 180 view most of the time it developed the 360 view and that made me the inclination to play midfield. It's probably about why you were able to make that jump over the Fort Rich as well, that yeah, 360 view, you know, and, 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 and put, um, obviously the, the in, especially in the double pivot as well, to, to, as, as well to have that 360 For view. For sure. Um, and, and which is probably why you like playing the 10 role as well. Um, For sure. So you can, you know, be in between the lines and, and, and have awareness of what's around you from midfielders to defenders. Yeah. No, yeah. that's, that's, it's really interesting, which is, you know, you get loads of lads, you know, back here and, and, and girls that are, that are, that are playing five sides on a Tuesday, Wednesday and going to play the their 11 sides on a Saturday. Um, and I know step four clubs that, that still play in, in, in cage, you know, tiny cages for mm. their training, uh, Rich, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and it, so it improves them in, in small, small spaces and stuff like that so yeah there's there's you know there's a method to the madness of these these sort of things and like you said it's gone on you've gone on to be able to move into midfield with that 360 view which is fantastic yeah. so end of uni um you went to italy is that right yep um so who did you join uh so at that point it, they were they're called upc tavignaco okay uh, so how did how did that move come about? Because to me, who are, I, I'm, I'm learning more and more about the women's game. How does that move come about? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> you know, for a Manchester girl to go and play in, in Italy at the age yeah. of, what, 21? 22, 21, 22? Yeah. yeah. Something had to happen. <laughs> go, for, go for it. Go for it. Tell us. Yeah. No, I think... Within football, there is there is everything. There's talent, there's desire, but also there's sometimes a little bit of luck as well. Okay. Always, sometimes there's a little bit of luck. And it just happened that one of my friends helped me out. She got me in touch with this guy who knew a few of the teams, a few of the coaches around Italy. And it happened that I just sent him something, an email, and... It just went from there, really, to get my name out, to get my videos out, this, that, the other. And it was a little bit of luck, I guess. Yeah. Um, 
and when someone for example scouts I'm not really I don't really know much about that business but when they see something they need in the team they can see a foot footage for a minute and see something and yeah. then you're there and it just happens so wow a little bit I, would, luck, I, I wouldn't say. say yeah you know there's always an element of luck uh-huh. an element but again you've worked hard you you're obviously good because you had all that footage they are which they obviously liked so you you must be a good player. So how did that first season go? Because obviously I, what was that like moving to, moving to Italy? Obviously you had the experience of going to Dubai for a year, which obviously helped massively. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was that like going to Italy? You know what? Um, it was a bit of madness, actually. <laughs> it was a bit of madness. <laughs> I mean, I think the hardest thing for me, I'm happy. I've moved around quite a bit. I've moved to different countries, played in a few different countries, five aside and things like this. But moving to Italy to become professional in a different country with a completely different language, a bit of madness, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> How is the Italian? Yeah. Now, now it's okay. Now I can understand. So okay. if someone, for example, in the beginning, if someone said something about you, you didn't quite know what was, what was being said. <laughs> they, could, they could say anything, but now I kind of, I know what you're saying. <laughs> I've seen an interview. I think it was, it may have been on the San Marino Facebook page and they're obviously speaking Italian to you, I assume, because you're coming back in English Ah, but, yes. So can you can you retain a strong northern accent? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so what w- were you able to listen to what they were saying in Italian, or were you translated, or was they speaking in English? No. Now I can understand Italian, but oh, quite brilliant. a lot of the times when people say things to me in Italian, it's natural for me to respond in English. Mm. Yeah. So it looks a bit weird, like someone speaking to me in a, one language and I'm replying in English. It's a bit strange. Yeah. But I just need that more bit of confidence. It's difficult with this Manchester accent oh, to I speak Italian. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's really difficult. I think I think they understand me better when I speak English rather than Italian. Mm. <laughs> so how did that first season go? Um It was a good season. Uh, Like I said, it was difficult to get into the style of play, to get into knowing what they wanted, knowing what the girls wanted on the pitch and to actually be on the pitch and speak with the other girls. Yeah. Because a few of them spoke English, but when you're in the moment, even now I can't speak in Italian on the pitch. It's Mm. difficult for me to to speak. I can, small words, but not fluently, not fully. It's very difficult. When I'm on the pitch, Mm. especially, it's very difficult for me to change language um but I think with Tavignac unfortunately we stopped the league last year and unfortunately we were in one of those positions where relegation happened um Mm. I think we could have stayed up we could have stayed up we was only one point away from relegation was that Um, done on points per game yes I think it was um, I think it. I think it was just done in the moment, how the tables oh, right, were okay. in that moment. Oh, um, right, got yeah. yeah. Um, but we were a good team, and the style of play, the type of, the way to play, the way the manager wants to play, uh, it comes down to a lot of factors. For me personally, it was a good learning curve. It was very good to for my first season in midfield, 
um I played I got playing time I played against the big teams yeah you know Juventus did you score against Juventus I did yeah not many people can say that my only goal especially from Manchester (laughs) exactly (laughs) was it a nice goal it was decent I will say that it was okay yeah (laughs) I've seen you score for Loughborough little dink edge of the area I think I think you might have been oh, away from really? home. In, yeah. It, I reckon it was on your uh, scouting video to send out. Oh, really? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's, on, it's on YouTube. Uh, I like a little dink. <laughs> you, yeah, it's a dink from the edge of the area, straight over yeah, the top of the yeah. Um. So, yeah, so obviously scored against Juventus, played against Juventus, and obviously there's some big teams in... That was Serie B... Was it or Syria? No, Syria. Yeah. Okay, sorry, Syria. So Juventus went on to win the league. Am I correct in that? Yep. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I mean, there's some. You know, from what I can see, like obviously you got San Marino Academy, which mm-hmm. obviously completely different in men's football, but you know you've got some huge sides in the Syria B below. You know, there's um, you know, like Lazio. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, some some more in there. Yeah. Yeah you know so it's great to have like the sort of different sides in that Serie A for sure I think in Serie B especially this year it's very competitive Mm. really competitive we played against a Serie B team called Como in the start of the year in the Coppa Italia and uh, we were losing 3-0 at half time um, away away at Como Uh, we came back to win 4-3 wow um yeah but they played really good football for a Serie B team and like you said you've got the likes of Lazio who are actually third or fourth in the league so yeah you can imagine like the standard this year yeah they're quite a new team aren't they Lazio I think I've been, so only, I've been, I've been there only about five years old from what I believe yeah, as a, yeah, as a yeah. women's team obviously uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah um okay cool so when, Italian sorry foot, sorry, no, sorry Rich I just want to um, ask one thing quickly on this. When you play teams like Juventus, what are the so when you go when you're away from home? All oh, right, yeah. What are the facilities like? Really good, really good. Um, and I think it's just a reflection of how far women's football has come. Like, for example, when you turn up to yeah Juventus, like we did in the first part of the season, and you're playing in the the place where I don't know Ronaldo trains do you know what I mean mm, yeah like really good uh, even Milan when we played at Milan the pitch it had rained that day so the pitch was mm. but the facilities for example were amazing and for example Inter I remember turning up to the pitch and we drove and I could only see the pitch I could only see one grass pitch we drove and we got off the bus and we entered through this door the door opened and there was five six seven more pitches in the back like all different surfaces mm. no unreal yeah wow even but san marino itself great facilities like it yeah. just shows you like how much respect women's football is now getting not only in england like just all over the world all over europe all over the world yeah oh, no, it's 100%. really good to see yeah great to yeah, hear it's something that you know here at the podcast which we, you know we, we're interviewing so many people from the women's game as well mm-hmm. um you know not trying to promote it it doesn't need its own promotion it's it's, it's it's getting there and it's getting so much bigger 
Mm -hmm. um, and conveniently International Women's Day today. Um, uh, and, you know, there's just, it's so good to see that uh, other countries are also mm. trying to promote the game. So what, what's, what's the perception of women's football in, in, in Italy? I think that for me personally, it's difficult being a foreigner to understand the general conception because I'm involved in women's football yeah. and only women's football over here. So everything is about women's football. Do you know oh, what I right. mean? Yeah, yeah, I of think, course, yeah. I think from outside, I think still there could be more interest. I think there could be more... Um, like I think it could be shown more women's football right um yeah. more respected in a sense I just I think it's getting there though mm. in the next few just, years I was just gonna say what's what's the coverage like is there many games on TV or all the are all the sort of reports in newspapers or yeah so there's quite a lot there's quite a lot of reports and every game is streamed on a platform called Tim Vision which is similar to Netflix but it's I think the Syria men, the Syria men's men's teams are streamed on Tim Vision also. Okay. Uh, okay. So we're we're on the same platform as the men, um, and sometimes depending on which team you get, we get broadcasted on Sky as well. So Sky Italia. Oh wow! Yeah. Usually it's when we play the big teams. So when we played Milan, it was on Sky. Um, so there's oh. quite a lot. There's quite a lot of coverage. No, it's really good actually. Quite a lot of coverage. Um, like I said, on reports and things like that as well. Mm. I wanted to go back and look at the actual game itself. So I, I'd like to know if it's very similar to the men's game. So in obviously in Italy and Syria, the men's game tends to be more, def uh, well, it always used to be very defensive, tactical, and more of a slow-paced build-up. And the art of defending has always been known in Italy. Is it still coached that way in women's football um compared to what you know in england where it's quite fast-paced and direct i would say that the way the from what i've gathered from my first two teams in italy we have played a very direct style oh. so it's very uh very fast-paced very direct in terms of like it's not really the possession game mm in the teams I've played in, um, we can and we could keep yeah. the ball, but it's more direct. It's a more direct style. Uh, however, the higher up the table you go, so the teams like Juventus, Milan, more possession-based, more... Um, I would say it's getting to a similar tempo of the women's game in England, Okay. With teams like Juventus, Milan, I know that they're not there at the minute. Um, but I think, for example, in the Champions League, Juventus played Lyon last month. Oh, and right. Two months ago, I think. And they weren't far off Juventus. Juventus weren't far off Lyon. And Lyon are the champions of yeah, the world. Best, yeah. best, team in, best team in the world, aren't they? So. Yeah. So um, Juventus are not far off. Um, okay. I think it'll but, keep growing like that. I think it'll keep getting better. The possession game, the, mm. the the pace of it, um, but we'll see in the next few years. Yeah. Do you tend to play a more percentage type type of game? So you try and try and play higher up the pitch to you know to to stop conceding, or is it more hitting an area 
and, and, and again, using the percentages? Um, I would say it depends on the opponents. I would say yeah. throughout the season, we've definitely become a better team. I think our main strategy is to, probably shouldn't be saying this, but I think it's to, <laughs> it's to hit, hit, the, hit the areas, the specific Wait. areas. Let's say <laughs> we could use that as a soundbite, Jeff. Plug, yeah, plug. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Millie. <laughs> we didn't ask us to say that. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> but it is a football cliche, so hence why we used it. Um. Okay. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. So there's a you know there's there's a, again there's a method to the madness with that and you know some some teams like to play out they're still used in the premier league to an to an advantage with some some teams um and yeah that it's just just interesting to know it's just interesting to know because obviously in the men's game in italy this is so you know so tactical mm. so tactical everything is sort of like a chessboard when it comes to italian Serie A football and stuff like that um and how do you find the coaches you know, because most of yours, what, are Italian, I assume. I think I've yeah. seen it. Yeah. Um, so both of the coaches have been, in both of my teams, have been male. Um, I think there's only a couple of female coaches okay. in the league, I think. Um, two or three, I think. Um, and one of them is the coach of Juventus. Oh, okay. um, but yeah, ours are... Good coaches. I think they both of them have liked the direct style of play. Mm-hmm. Um, they seem to favour that more. Um, but I think there's a lot of coaches in Italy with a lot of knowledge, a lot of tactical knowledge. Um, and it's nice to work with different people, yeah. um, with different points of view as well. Uh, are they? Are, <laughs> gonna, I don't know how this is going to sound. Are they quite uh, animated? Uh, I would say yes. <laughs> <laughs> Typical. You know, I'm you just expect. thinking back to some of the great Italian coaches. You know, yeah. your, your, your yeah. and stuff like that. Who are your Capello could be quite yeah. animated. Millie, at the end of the season, how did the move from Tavagnaco to San Marino Academy come about? Um, so at the end of the season, the season was cut short. Um, I think two months cut short. So a lot of teams were very. Um, there was a lot of different things going on with a lot of different teams. Uh, it was quite difficult, really. It was quite intense transfer window, but a lot of the players have people helping them, this, that, the other. And it was thanks to the person that was helping me. Um, luckily, like he got me into San Marino. They they wanted me, and then four days later, I arrived. <laughs> Good stuff. Was that a transfer on... fee, Millie? Mm, I'm not sure. I'm not the oh. one who deals with that kind of stuff. <laughs> Are you on like a contract or is it just like a like a one-year thing or? One-year contract it is, yeah. Okay. So what are your plans for the summer? Good question again. It, <laughs> it depends, really. It really depends on a lot of things. Um, we'll see what happens. Have uh, you had actually, any interest from England at all? Um, England is a difficult one. It's somewhere where I don't really, I'm not closing any doors, but in this moment in time, I don't really 
see myself going back maybe in a year or two or three hopefully I can yeah. play in that kind of level but I think for me to d- develop uh, this is my second year playing in professional football and also in a different role so I need to develop before but so you're happy, happy in Italy and stuff like that so you'd like to stay there and and, and continue your your your, um, your learning yeah, it really depends, to be honest. Um, I'm happy going to anywhere. I'm happy to travel, um, but I just want to keep getting better. If it helps me develop, if it helps me reach what I want to reach, I'm mm. completely happy for it. So we'll just see what happens, really. I know where I want to be, and hopefully yeah. the things what yeah. unveil will help me. Just on on the sort of San Marino Academy things, do they, you know, what are they like? Do they help provide you with accommodation or things like that? Yeah. So I think all of the teams in the Serie A provide accommodation for the foreigners. Okay. I think that's, that's the given, um, you know, yeah, they're really good, good society. Um, and again, coming from the men's side, like we're linked with the men's side. So it's great. The facilities and things like that, the organization yeah. it's really good actually. Yeah. Uh, so you, you mentioned that you're actually living just outside San Marino in Italy. Do you train back in San Marino? We don't. We train somewhere else in Italy. It's quite okay. near to Rimini. Okay. Um, but we play our home games in San Marino. Yeah. So what people may not know, so we, we discussed this before, Millie, is that um, it's very different. So say you've got Juventus, which we know is a football club based in Turin. San Marino Academy is actually run by the San Marino FA. We're correct in saying that, aren't we? Yeah. So are you able to explain a little bit why and and what's different with being a football club to a sort of being run by an FA association? Um, For me personally, there's not much difference. Uh, (laughs) But I think that it's an organisation in itself. Obviously, the international men's team is the main team there and they have mm. their own stadium um, they play their own games. They're all from San Marino. Mm. Um, they're not from Italy. They're all from San Marino. And I think even the boys, the academy boys, most of them are from San Marino, I mm. think. Um, whereas our team, we're all from different parts of Italy and we compete in the Italian league. So I'm not sure the ins and outs of how it works, but I just know that we are allowed to compete in the Italian league. Um, yeah. I think the academy boys compete in the Italian league also. Um, and I don't think there's much difference. I think it's quite an easy flow of how things work. Um, I don't think there's much difference at all. Mm. How do you get to games? You know, so when you're away at Turin, Milan, is it a coach, train or fly? I don't Usually it's the coach. Um, we take a coach anyway. I know because we're quite in the middle of Italy. Mm. But I know some mm. of the teams, for example, when we play a team called Barry, which is completely oh, wow. the, other end, the other end of the world. Some teams <laughs> play in, for example, Juventus who are in Torino. Yeah. They, probably they fly um, mm. to those games. Yeah. Oh, called Bari. That's, a, that's an old school. Uh, yeah. Channel Four, Channel uh, four Italian yeah. team that is. Golazo. Wow. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> wow. 
kind yeah. of bring back some memories. Um, yeah, so obviously San Marino sort of right side of Middle Italy, isn't it? If I'm yeah. looking at it on the map. So yeah, you're not you're not a math, million miles away from Milan and stuff like that, I suppose. Mm-hmm. In, the, in North, North Middle Italy. Um, I wanted to move on to a little bit about yourself and I know there's been the odd article that that you that you've done for a news, newspapers um talking about um uh more representation of of Asian players in the game men and women um obviously you you are half Indian yep Correct. Yeah, on obviously your father's side, um, and you know, not a huge representation, especially in the men's game. Um, I think we're aware of some presentation in the women's game, um, which we, we kind of read about. But do you, do you believe there is more representation coming through of Asians within football? For sure, no, for sure. Um, when I was growing up, there weren't many at all. And at the time, being a kid, being a child, I didn't really think about it. Um, I didn't really think about that side of things. But growing Mm. up, I I see like how important it is to try to get everyone involved. Because, for example, I know the difference between different cultures, different, even different religions and things like this, things like that. And I know it's difficult sometimes for some some people, some women, some young girls Mm. to go and do something they want to do, for example, play football. And if they've got that little bit of support, someone saying, look, it's okay, you can do what you want. If you want to play, go and play. Mm. Um, And if I'm the one that can do that, if I can help in that kind of way, then I I will do it. Do you know what I mean? I know I'm half Indian, but I'm still, I still have that culture. I still have that heritage. So, yeah, I know the importance. I see the importance. And I think also definitely there are a lot of people, a lot of good people in Britain working towards this kind of thing, Um, whether it's in the PFA, whether it's just different people working for different academies, different companies, and they're all trying to promote this kind of um, ethnicity coming together of ethnicities. Yeah. It, it's something that, I mean, I get uh, people would know who's listened to this already that me and Rich um, work for a non-league football team in, in, in England. The one thing I would say, Rich, is we, we don't see enough Asian lads coming through non-league. Um, right. You know, I mean, there obviously are, but it's, it's not something we, we've come across. Um, and, you know, it... Uh, not, I can't. I can't quite put my finger on why. Do you understand why that may be, Millie? Do you, do you understand why we potentially wouldn't see a, a, a young age, say seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, of, of of a huge amount of of, of Asians coming into the game? Uh huh. Honestly, it's difficult to say. It's really difficult to say. Yeah. Um, and many people have many different reasons. Um, but again, like there, there are different cultures. I guess there's different viewpoints in Britain sure. and it's, it's old stigmas kind of that right. we're trying to break. Um, and I think there are, for example, there are so many communities that come together and play football out of everything. They just play football, yeah. all these different, and you see them in different, the places you can rent, the, the pitches you can rent, 
on a daily basis and you see them playing there at the same time every week things like that and it's yeah. it's great to see but for sure to for someone to say look you can carry on with this you can become professional if you wanted I think it's just that extra step a little bit more time and the extra step more awareness I think it'll soon come I think in the women's game it's it's getting there especially with yeah. all the foreigners coming into the WSL mm-hmm. um from Japan, India. I know the Scottish League has a few Indian players now. Brilliant. I think, yeah, in a few years, it'll be it'll be great. So, Millie, um, where do you see, you know, you're only 22, 23. Where do you see you come sort of, sort of 26, 27? Where do you want to be in an ideal scenario? In an ideal scenario, um, the way I am in this moment in time... I want to be in a big team. I want to be in one of the big teams, competing in the Champions League, uh, competing for one of the top places in the league, wherever that may be. Um, And I want to be at that stage where I know how to play as a midfielder. I know how each player should play um, at that top, top level. I know how to be a professional athlete. That's where I want to be. I'm working towards it at the minute, but to reach that level, the next elite, elite level, that's mm. where I want to be for sure. Brilliant. I know we'll be watching out for you all the way. So, <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> um, so, Millie, thank you so much for coming on. Um, you know, to get someone of your sort of stature in the game, in a pro game in Italy, um, and, and I just want to say, uh, uh, what an amazing journey you've been on for someone so young as well, you know, yeah. to go from playing in England through the through some of the academies and excellences to moving to Dubai and then obviously now playing in Italy professionally uh, in Syria is just what an experience. And, uh, you know, I hope you get to the very, very top. Um, yeah. And again, we'll be absolutely following. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you guys for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you. You've been amazing, Millie. Thank you. Well, that was a really interesting story, Jamba, just exactly how I thought it would be. Um, A real lovely girl. Um, She's obviously got talent. We've only seen some clips, um, you know, but to sort of playing in that league sounds like a really good standard. You know, she said that Juventus almost matched Leon. So, they aren't no mugs, uh, so the level must be really good out there. Yeah, yeah. I, as soon as I sort of reading up on Millie, um, I wanted to get her on. So, you know, we asked her and she said, yeah, she'd love to come on. Um, and it was more interesting than what I'd read up on. Uh, Millie's a lovely girl as well. Um, you know, she's only 23 years of age. Um, and the experience she's already had playing football um for throughout the years is is fantastic you know going from all those academies and experiences in in manchester from obviously manchester united blackburn rovers um it, and, and learning her trade there is is just brilliant i you know imagine a 10 year old 11 year old girl coming home in her manchester united tracksuit even though she's a city fan i mean but still, you know, how, how proud must her family yeah. feel to yeah, come home in, 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 in one of the biggest clubs in the world, if not the biggest club in the world's tracksuit? Um, what I found really interesting as well is that she 
she sort of left left the women's game after her first season, the first season of Blackburn. She's then gone to university for four years, three or four years, um, because she wanted that sort of education to to not not sort of fall back on, but 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 to have, which was which was really refreshing. And um, she she has done it the hard way after that. Mm. You know, she's 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 had to go over to Italy and. Uh, she's obviously had the language barrier and, and and all that, and she seems to be flourishing. And she's one yeah. that we're we're certainly going to keep an eye on. Um, and I, I I just love these sort of guests, and it's not just women, but mm. from these areas of the game that I just don't know much about. And I'm, we're learning every episode, and it's fantastic. Well, like we said from the very start, it's about us talking football with people that want to talk about football. Um, it's not just educating people that are listening to do this, it's educating us as well. And it will give us a much broader view of the game from men's to women's. Um, and, and absolutely have loved doing this for the past months. Um, it, it's, it's been great. And to, to get the caliber of guests that we're getting on as well has is, is been been fantastic I, and i could not have asked for more actually um yeah. and you know we're gonna have so many different ranges of guests like we already have i mean you know talking from someone from, from the australian a-league to you know to to non-league footballers to academy prospects to to you know um girls playing in Syria. Yeah, yeah exactly so everything yeah, yeah, absolutely everything and, and so much more to come as well. Um, so much more to come. Uh, just another point on Millie. What a brave, confident and, and intelligent um, woman uh, to, to go and try her, um, her trade out in the likes of Dubai, uh, then getting the feel back for the game and, and, and going out to Italy. And, and, and just taking a chance she took a chance you know she emailed mm. emailed someone that she that someone that knew that she knew and and they managed to get her over for a trial she took a chance she got the got the contract she played Syria Syria football from the off um and look where she is now she's playing for San Marino Academy mm. her aspirations to go and play for one of the top teams in in Italy um whether it's you know Roma Juventus, Fiorentina, um, you know, uh, any anyone, uh, you know, that she wants, and, and full credit that she wants to carry on playing her trade there. Um, uh, we spoke to her a little bit afterwards about her future aspirations internationally, and she said, that, you know, hopefully one day that opens a door for me internationally as well. Mm. Um, and and I'd, I'd absolutely love that too. This has been the Hit in the Areas podcast with me, Jamie Roberts, and Richard Kyson.